the next phase of having content that you can fully be immersed with, right? Whether it's literally taking something that only exists on a 2D screen, but now seeing it, you know, overlaid on your body, or being in a fully virtual world for entertainment or for training or for for whatever, like that happening naturally is uh, is what the next evolution is going to be about. Technology is changing how we live and interact with one another at a rapid pace. There's no better time to take advantage of technologies like AI to change any part of your life. Find out what's real and how it works from industry experts in Tech Trends Explained. The metaverse. Is it real? Are we in the metaverse? When are we going to be in the metaverse if we're not in the metaverse? So many questions and it's a really interesting topic that could potentially lead to whether it's you want to start a new business, you want to be able to switch careers. There's so much that's unknown in this area and it seems like there's just so much hype that has really happened in the past couple of years. So I wanted to get someone on the podcast who has experience in this so you can be more informed and make a decision for yourself of what it means to you and really what's going on. So that's why I spoke to David Randall. So David is the global head of go-to marketing for spatial computing at Amazon Web Services, where he's helping people create immersive experiences at scale. He brings 17 years of experience in marketing 3D as a high-value communication medium. He was at a startup called Bunk Speed, where he was in the process of helping to democratize real-time rendering and 3D design after an exit to Desalt Systems SolidWorks. So he's definitely really familiar about the immersive experiences world and how it is that other businesses are actually doing it. So he is an expert on the metaverse. And if you have any topics, any feedback on the podcast that you want to be able to understand of tech trends that are evolving and how they can really impact you, please let me know on Twitter at Miss Jill Ford. I want this to be a place where you can get information from experts to help you understand what are the tech trends that are changing our world. So now listen and enjoy this interview with David on the metaverse. David, thank you so much for being here today. Of course, the first question about the metaverse I got to ask is, what is the metaverse? I feel like there's like a billion different definitions floating around the internet. Uh, of course, you open the open the gates, right, with the, the hard question. Um, <laughs> I'm happy to provide a sense, right? I, I don't think there's a singular definition. In fact, one of the frustrations I have, right, that we have in a society being able to align around a particular definition but I think what, what companies are thinking about the metaverse when they say, how can I be relevant, you know, in this, in this new medium, right, in this new space, is how do I deliver persistent virtual worlds, right, persistent place where people have virtual interactions? How can I handle, you know, new customer service dynamics? How can I create new training paradigms? How can I create a social layer, right, that takes all the social behaviors that we've been trained to use on mobile devices and social platforms and bring that into uh, a 3D layer, right, something where I can have a visual interaction with other people, other avatars. Um, and when you bring all that together, I think that's what people have in mind when they say, I want a metaverse experience, right, or I want to participate in the metaverse uh, you know, there's a few terms I I, uh, I repeated there, which was, you know, persistent real-time world. Right? I think that's a critical component of metaverse experiences. 
social layer, right? Doesn't have to be all the time, but at least having social capabilities in there. Uh, and the fact that it's dynamic, right? It's not a static thing, you know, like a website where content is there and it's stale and it gets refreshed, right? Moments can happen, right? You can have those interactions that aren't planned. Um, so I think when those elements come together, you have what most people regard as a, as a metaverse experience. One thing I will add to that, by the way, which I find kind of funny is that, um, you know, there, there, there has been this notion of people saying metaverses, like the plural. And I think that's yeah, something. Yeah, I, I want no people, wonder about that. Thank you for going into that. Yeah, it's like saying internets, right? Is there, like, should we have oh. multiple internets? And, uh, and, okay, part of the reality is there are multiple internets, right? They're called intranets, and companies operate those on a regular basis. But really, there's only one internet. And, um, and I think what, one thing we've got into is starting to train our customers back into making that parallel vision to what does the web look like today? Right. And, uh, and, and what does the metaverse look like and how are those similar, right? How are those spaces similar? And if you think about metaverse somewhat synonymously with 3d web, like if you take what exists today on the web, but you're giving that layer of depth, right? That layer of immersion to the web, there's really only one, right? So there's the one metaverse, but you have every company representing themselves through different modalities, right? Whether that's something like what exists today as their website, what would that look like in the metaverse, right? What, what's the equivalent of the website? And that plays into a series of networked worlds, hence the metaverse. But uh, it also, it's also something in of itself. And what is that thing, right? We've used the term microverse to just kind of describe the equivalent of a website in the 3D web. Uh, not that it's the right word, but um, you know that seems to have some attached to it. Uh, but really, that's what this is about, right? This is about having persistent virtual worlds, right? That are not just at a brand level, by the way, right? It could be multiple groups within a brand that have their own. Uh, and the beauty comes, and I think the, the metaverse experience comes when you can traverse between these worlds elegantly, right? And effortlessly. And your, uh, you know, your financial ability or your ability to transact follows you between these worlds. Your avatar gets recognized right between these worlds. And so that's, uh, I think that's a plausible view of what's coming. Wow. There's a lot really kind of to unpack there because it sounds like there's the, you as the avatar needing to be able to trans to be that same identity across different worlds. And that kind of leads into what the whole like web three being able to have like a single wallet and maybe NFTs, how that kind of plays in. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't think, I don't think like the web three components are mandatory for providing people a metaverse experience. Um, and I think maybe that's part of, uh, I think that's been falsely advertised maybe as well as that, you know, the two are one They you have to have both. You have to have the web three layers. You have to have the metaverse layers, or let's call it the immersive tech layers. And then together that defines metaverse. I don't think that's wholly the case, right? I think there are elements of metaverse experiences that don't necessarily need to rely on the web three stack, including identity commerce. By the way, why we start referring to the 3d web, right? It's much more effective to say, oh, I can now go to a website that sells products and very easily have an immersive interaction with that product to help me make a decision. That's a much more natural evolution of the web that you used you know, a couple of years ago that now allows you to have that immersive experience right, of the virtual try-on of the Warby Parker eyewear, as an example. Um, so that, yeah, okay, so go for it. I'm just curious now. So, I mean, in let, 
like zoom backgrounds, for example, people making them just crazy stuff or like the AR types of like filters and different, uh, yeah, the AR filters on like social media. I mean, does that count really then as, as like metaverse because it's social? This is, again, I think, but, you know, if we were to, if we were to adhere to a strict definition of it, then probably not. Right. But these are elements Mm. of, these are technologies that can be used in metaverse experiences you know, to, to create, I don't know, a more holistic, right, a more immersive sense. What One view I have personally is that, you know, as, as these technologies evolve just a little bit more and they become truly pervasive, right, and accessible, I think accessible accessibility is an important term, um, not just in terms of being available and accessible for all, but, but being affordable, right, being easy to get a hold of, not requiring specific hardware, we'll find that we're living in this kind of 3D web in a, in a more naturally immersed state. Uh, and maybe at that point you can say, okay, we're truly in the metaverse age now. Uh, and even though I don't have to put a VR headset on to participate in some sort of social environment, right, with a bunch of my friends to see, you know, a concert, uh, you're still getting value by being in one layer, right, of that, of that virtual world for doing a product try-on, right, a virtual product try-on. So, so I, I think our notion of how we traverse those layers, um, you know, in the metaverse age is, uh, it's almost more important to look at it that way than saying like, it's a, it's a, it's a black or white, right? It's, um, it's, it's like, you know, the metaverse is here or it's not. I don't think that's going to be the case, right? Where the, the, the different layers are converging, right? Our ability to, tra- to traverse those layers is evolving. And I think we're just going to naturally have more access to immersive experiences across all sorts of our daily life, right? Whether it's uh, uh, like, you know, personal entertainment, whatever, to what I do at work. And then we're suddenly going to feel like we're living, you know, more, we're living more interchangeably with our digital footprint, right? And our digital life. And I think at that point, the metaverse has kind of happened. It's really how like the evolution of the internet really happened. It kind of just felt like all of a sudden there were websites and then like one, all of a sudden you're just talking to people on like AOL and it's normal to chat. And then all of a sudden you're now like doing this like social media thing. And now it's like something we do every day in our lives. So I, yeah, and you're exactly right. You know, this idea of, um, you know, transformative technologies don't just happen overnight. And more importantly, human behavior doesn't change overnight either. Yep. Uh, and so what you have to assume is that we're going to get trickles, right, of these new capabilities that just create more value, right, and more reason for us to go deeper in that digital relationship. And I think the next phase of having content that you can fully be immersed with Right, whether it's literally taking something that only existed on a 2D screen, but now seeing it, you know, overlaid on your body, or being in a fully virtual world for entertainment or for training or for for whatever, like that happening naturally is uh, is what the next evolution is going to be about. So fascinating. I feel like a lot of like the news hype around this is fixated on the devices themselves that are going to like transform it. Like it's, it's going to be VR. It's going to be AR. Um, So I'm curious to hear from your opinion is, is there going to be a certain technology that's really going to transform the adoption of the metaverse? There will definitely be advancements. um, But I do not think, I do not think there need to be the dependencies on, on devices and wearables per se. So let me unpack that a little bit, right? So if you look at if you look at what some of the challenges are from 
having these immersive interactions, right, that are beyond what you experience on the web today. Most of the challenges are based on lack of 3D representations of things and places, right? So that's kind of a problem set number one, right? Not enough people have 3D representations of their products, right? Or spaces or, or pieces of equipment uh, or environments, right? That's just a hard thing to do. And it's because you didn't really need that for any purpose in the past other than very discrete um, use cases like manufacturing or movie production or game assets, right, for, for video games. But 3D as a pervasive medium is required to support the 3D web, right, and have uh, immersive interactions with, uh, with these, these forms of data. So that's one big problem. And I think big advancements need to happen. And, and by the way, I think are unfolding at a pretty fast rate to support making it very easy, very affordable, almost a no-brainer, right, to have 3D representations of things and places, right? So that's layer number one, or problem number one. Um, problem number two is how do you run all this, right? How do you generate these immersive experiences, whether it's uh, a virtual try-on on a mobile device or whether it's a, you know, multi-thousand-person virtual world where you're going to be participating in a concert? These require what we call real-time engines. Right. So taking that that um, 3D data, we refer to, by the way, as spatial data because um, it encompasses more, encompasses digital twins, it encompasses location data, IoT data feeds, and a few other data types. Right. So what you now take is that spatial data and you need to generate value from it. Right. You need to run that somewhere uh, in some engine to actually create an experience for a user. They're like, oh, I need to go in my VR headset. I'm going to live in this virtual world. And that's all I'm going to do. Right. I don't think that's the case. So fascinating. All right. So if you had like a crystal ball and you could look, it's <laughs> December 31st, 2023. Um, what would you imagine maybe are the things that really happened this year in the 3D web? Got it right this time. <laughs> End of year. I mean, that's a short horizon, right? I mean, at the, at the pace, uh, the pace uh, of innovation, the pace things are happening, that's not that far away. It's a blink ahead. So I like that, but I'd, maybe I'd, I'd also give you a, a, a much further out vision as well. Okay, good. Yeah, Those I was going to ask that was my next. Vision, Perfect. What, what, what I see happening is um, a move and an understanding kind of across the board around this first challenge that I mentioned, you know, a few minutes ago around this kind of 3D layer. You know, that tends to be the hurdle that most customers and most people need to get over first. Um, and I think we're going to see finally some interesting things happening around accessibility to 3D representations of things and places. We're going to see that having a direct impact on customers' abilities and people's abilities to benefit from immersive experiences now that they have access right, to these 3D representations of their things and spaces. We're going to see the needle move on that front, I think, even within the year horizon. Thinking further out, I've said this before, actually, and I think maybe I'll repeat it again, which is um, one thing I'm excited for is kind of a hype is a future scenario where I can be guided to the right information at the right place at the right time as I perform my my daily duties. Right, so much of what we do today is is pulling the right information. Right, I have to go out and get the right information, short of ads, right, which we all hate. Right, so you you know, although ads have got quite good, right, because they know your preferences and so they can really really tailor yeah. you well. But um, that's really one of the only areas or segments, right, that there's been a huge investment around how do we serve people the right information? I think what we're going to see over, let's call it the next, you know, seven to 10 year horizon is 
that same methodology, but being applied to much more useful information, right? That we, we need to operate our, our routine lives. And it's things that, again, we put a lot of energy today into having to go out and get that is now going to be served back to us. And you can even think about it almost operating subliminally. Like one example I've written about is this idea of, of, you know, being in a, uh, being in a building where there's an apartment fire, for example. Right. And today the alarms go off, you panic, right? You, you try to rush out, like maybe it's a high rise, which makes things even more difficult, right? You're going down large staircases. There's a lot of confusion happening in the space. The fire department shows up, right? They see the smoke coming out the window. So they immediately target, right? And, and try to make a quick analysis to make the best decisions possible to go and deal with that problem. I think in 10 years, what we're going to see is this kind of symphony of digital interactions happen behind the scenes that make almost every actor in that scenario that I just described, including future actors like, you know, like drones that are going to be able to target the fire much more effectively. You're going to see that that symphony happen that's going to rec- that's going to enable a resident of that building to get to safety much faster to have the safety personnel go and target right the right people that might be stuck and trapped with far more efficiency, right? Because they'll have visors on their lenses that guide them very specifically through that building to get exactly to the right person that needs the attention. You're going to see learnings that come from that exercise that feed a massive scale simulation that will then prepare all of those actors to be able to 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 handle that situation in the future much better. And all of this stuff's just going to happen. It's because this, you know, digital layer is going to exist to cater to our needs, right? Like our specific needs versus, um, you know, us right now having to go and, 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 you know, pull a lot of this information manually, if you will. That's one example, by the way, and maybe it was a little, I don't want to say morbid, right? But that's a, maybe no, a dark, a dark you know scenario, but equally good scenarios that are, that are more positive. I'm actually really glad that you use that as a scenario because the 3D web metaverse a lot of times people think about things that aren't life-saving, like things like, oh, now it, it's easier for me to go buy a pair of glasses. Like, okay, big deal. But mm-hmm. now something that's, oh my God, this is, can save my life. I mean, it makes it much more rich of the, and really mind expanding of the kinds of experiences that the 3D web really unlocks. Yeah. And I think that's what's most exciting about this is that the implications are so broad. We have an ability to truly influence change at a scale that's tremendous. And it doesn't require you putting a VR headset on and sitting, you know, by yourself in a in a virtual world. I think if there's one yeah. thing we can try to convince people out of, it's that perception of of metaverse, and by maybe even starting to you know return to the 3D web, which makes the scenario I just described about the apartment fire much more plausible. Um, you know, we've done uh, we've done some justice here. I love that. So, how many years do you think it's going to take for us to be? At a point where now we're like, oh wow, we have we are living in it, where it is literally a part of every part of our everyday life. My gut says and we're always wrong about these, so I'll preface. Oh by yeah, saying that <laughs> no so one gonna, knows, right? <laughs> I'm going to take my guess and and just double it by default, you know, just because we're always like, like humans are just inherently bad, right? At that. Oh yeah, things that are more than you know thirty days out. Within four to five years, I think we're going to have interactions and dependencies that are what I would consider to be dramatically more immersive than they are today on a regular basis. And then I think <clears throat> over the subsequent, you know, let's call it, you know, f- five to nine or five to ten year period, 
we're going to start to see elements of that symphony I described, that digital symphony start to come into place, right? Where not only are you getting um, like kind of a, a, a personal immersion into some sort of experience, um, but now you're starting to get served multiple of those like in a connected fashion, which allow you to get benefit from these different digital touch points, right? These different immersive touch points. So, Pretty safe yeah. answer. I like it. I'm hopeful that, you know, within, yeah, within um, this next five to 10 year chapter, we're going to be, I think we're going to have different relationships with digital experiences. Well, it definitely makes it even more exciting to be alive at this time. Um, and because five years from now, 10 years from now, that's going to come out really fast. Um, yeah. So, wow. I've learned so much. This has really been like a mind expanding conversation. David, where can people go That's if they want to learn more about what it is that you're working on? Uh, you can just Google AWS spatial computing blog and you'll be guided to some information there. We're trying to get content out on a routine basis, right? That, that represents some of these ideas and some of what's happening. Uh, but more importantly, right, how to get hands on and actually start working by uh, working on introducing these technologies to enable these types of experiences. A book people should probably read if they have time. Um, yeah. You know, it's one that we've circulated uh, by, um, oddly enough, an ex-Amazonian named Matthew Ball called uh, The Metaverse, How It Will Revolutionize Everything. I love that. I'll definitely share both. I think it helps to kind of see or imagine, like, what is the big vision? And then for people can start to imagine, hey, what are some areas maybe that these technologies unlock that couldn't have been enabled to have been developed before that maybe you can you can start a new business you could change careers there's going to be new careers that come out of this well i'm really excited to see what's going to be happening uh with the 3d web and in the metaverse um david thank you so much for sharing your wisdom on this very topic today sounds good pleasure jillian have been amazing as usual thank you and um stay curious and keep an eye out, right? We're doing our part to try to uh, really help the space in general.